0: Welcome to another episode of Elisa Unfiltered. Elisa here on the mic. Today it is Wednesday, September the 30th, last day, last day of the month. And uh, this week, this past week has been quite interesting for me. Actually, the past two weeks, since my last episode, a lot has been going on. I basically have... (laughs) I've been super stressed and super busy. I've started full-time work. I'm working on my coaching course, my program, and then uh, also managing my full-time job. I mean, this is the juggle of life. This is nothing new for a lot of people. But for me, I'm having like a little bit of a rough time just settling into this new pace, let's just say. Settling into this new pace and This week, I actually realized that I had not even booked a guest for the show. So (laughs) I've actually brought my mom here. My mom's sitting with me. (laughs) Hi, mom. Hi, honey. (laughs) And today we're actually going to just have a playful, fun little um, conversation
1: where my mom is going to interview me. That's the thing. How do you feel about that, mom? I actually feel pretty good. Yeah. It's an honor. Yeah. Okay, we've done you, this before. We have done... I think we've done this before. We did. We did it like two years ago. Yes, maybe.
0: Yeah, I was getting a lot of questions on Instagram, and you um, you actually have been on the show twice. I interviewed you. Yes. And then you interviewed me. So this will be your third appearance. Can you believe it? I'm a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a comedian, too. <laughs> you hey. uh, are. So thanks for being here. It's uh, a pleasure. Kind of like... Um, very interesting circumstances these past few
1: months how are you doing well um it's kind of interesting for sure Uh, the (laughs) the whole covid thing is is difficult for everyone as you know Mm -hmm. and i work at a home for the disabled so i've been working straight through and just trying to keep them all safe is 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 my goal um in life at the moment (laughs) <laughs> it's been your goal in life since you
0: started working there, though. Well, How have things changed since COVID?
1: Well, um, the residents, we basically still don't allow any visitors in, yeah, because um, we're trying to keep keep it. Uh, so they they can have f- friends and family visit, but everybody stays outside. So while the weather is good, then mm. we're, it's all right. But I'm kind of worried for the winter. Worried for Christmas. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough time.
0: It's really like, interesting because like the average person doesn't really think about all of those little things happening behind the scenes, like the residents at your facility, right? Exactly. And how they have not seen their friends and family or hugged them for six months now.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, like we all have our own bubbles. Like you're in my living room. This is actually the first time I've interviewed someone face to face in over six months because of COVID. I've been doing it all over Skype, but we're in the same bubble so yes. yeah we have a very small bubble i mean that was primarily a decision that me that i made because of
1: your residence because yeah. that would just be horrendous exactly and on top of that i don't know 2020 is going to go down big for me personally and well, think about all weird things that are happening the crickets that you <laughs> guys have on the lawn yeah insane overrun of crickets I have had an insane overrun of Japanese beetles, killed millions of them all summer, have had wasps, rats. Like, it's like the plague is, (laughs) it's like the seven plagues have have come down on Ottawa and um, caused additional stress as if we haven't had enough. Yeah. Anyway. No, it's true.
0: I actually haven't talked about my cricket infestation, and by my cricket, it's actually my boyfriend Michael's cricket infestation. However, I'm moving in on November the first. I don't yeah. think this it's is like this is breaking. Problem. This is breaking news, everybody. I'm moving in with Michael, and I don't talk about that side of m- my life very often. But I'm moving out of the city. <sighs>
1: You're gonna be a country bumpkin. I, I love
0: the country though. I've been like out Growing there, up in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um. But man, if any, on an aside, if anyone knows how the freaking hell to get rid of crickets, like DM me or something, like send me a message, send me an email, alisa at alisaunfiltered.com. Tell me how to get rid of these black crickets. In the lawn. In the lawn. There's millions. literally millions of millions. them. And this is just a this year thing. This was yeah. not there last year or any of the years that he's lived there. He's been there four years. This is like No, horrendous. I've never seen
1: it in my life. I'm
0: 65 yeah it's it's crazy the neighbors are the same they're in the same boat as us anyways all right so this episode is uh basically i turned to instagram and asked everyone uh to ask me some questions so we did get some really good ones in um
1: so we're gonna so i'm gonna start i'm going to interview you (laughs) yeah i love it well well, we can banter too yes we can banter too okay yeah all right so here's question number one What was the biggest realization you had about yourself through your self love journey? Uh,
0: Okay, so this is like a, this wasn't, when I saw this question, I was like, oh, sheesh, what was the biggest realization? I mean, the realizations ebb and flow as you go through, uh, or excuse me, as I go through the journey, because I guess, I guess ultimately it's that. Filling my own cup and actually putting these practices into practice is freaking hard. Yes. <laughs> That's kind because of what it is. Because things change. Things change. There's always moving
1: parts. It's not black and white. There is a lot of gray in this area. Yeah, something that can make you really happy today mm-hmm. is boring tomorrow.
0: <laughs> well, well, it's interesting that you brought that up. I think... like. Yes, there are there is that layer of it. Like the like in the moment like joys. But I I kind of I I I think about self-love and a self-love practice to be like the deeper healing things in my life. So, it's 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 filling my own cup from like with myself and with my own self-respect and compassion towards myself. It's like self-love isn't about other people or things outside of us, right? right? So it's like, yes, I do get little bumps here and there. And yes, I get dips as well from like the exterior. And I also look to have others validate me. I, I I have these like, I, I call it the pendulum swing of life. And I it swings back and forth for every two highs, there's a low. And
1: I I think like realize... Or sometimes for every... <laughs> every two, every two lows. Every two lows. Yeah. Or every, yes, it can go. The it other can way. go the other
0: way. Absolutely. And I guess what ultimately is that uh, there was this woman, actually, I'm going to tell the story. Do it. There was this woman, her name was Kathy, and I don't remember her last name. And she had this phenomenal journey. Um, she was extremely overweight i have talked about this before in a post like probably two or three years ago when i met her and i was really impacted by her story she said <clears throat> excuse me she was like uh, i want to say 350 pounds so she was quite um large she lived in a very large body she did suffer from quite a bit of childhood trauma and um She decided one day, she had like a wake up call and she decided one day that she's responsible for herself, for lack of a better term. She decided that she is responsible for her own health, for her mental state, for her physical state and for everything. So she decided to take her life back, for lack of a better word again. Mm -hmm. And she decided that she was going to do it through things that she loved. So she loved to bike. But again, she lived in a very large body. And cycling was quite difficult for her just because of her weight. Oh, yeah. So she would go to the gym and go to the stationary bike. And then she started to walk a lot. And then she started to swim because her joints were so sore. And push came to shove. This came to that. Now, this is the long version of the story. But she decided that she kind of loved to bike, run, and swim. So she decided that she was gonna do an Iron Man. Wow. And she trained her ass off. Um and and actually crossed the line of the Tremblant Iron Man. She did a full freaking Iron Man, which is a massive feat. If for nice. anyone that doesn't know, it's like a four-kilometer swim. A uh, hundred and eighty kilometer bike, and then a forty-two point two kilometer run. So it's basically um, a marathon. Yeah, it's oh, one hundred and forty point six
1: collective miles. Wow seven yeah 140
0: wow. so it's like something
1: points. like a, it's like a 12-hour journey or a 15-hour journey well the pros
0: do it in like six or seven hours sure. but like you have i think person. you have 17 hours to complete it to be okay. honest like there are like cutoff times so, but
1: okay. yeah so 17 hours is i think a she did it in like keep, 15 or 16 okay. hours 15 hours of solid moving is pretty tough <laughs> was like anyhow so
0: she the reason i'm telling you this story is like after she crossed the line people were like wow like we can't believe you've done this and this is unbelievable and you must like, it must've been so hard. And it like, how did you do this with your life? And she said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but she said, being really, really overweight and depressed and feeling out of control in your life is really, really hard. And she said being fit and working towards your goals and living a healthy lifestyle is also really really hard. And then she said, choose your hard. Wow. So she decided to choose the the yeah, she chose the way that she did
1: now because both are hard. And it was mm-hmm. very impactful for me. Yes. Very good. Yeah, you like that. Isn't one? that in the truth? Well, <laughs> any anything anything that takes effort is hard. Effort is hard. Yes. Yeah. Period. No Happiness is not easy. Like no. that's a thing. Like yeah.
0: th- loving yourself can
1: be really easy. It's, like, tough, it's tough for it's tough for women though, in the sense that there's so many roles. Like a lot yeah. of to to be able to actually focus on on helping your own self and living your own life is very difficult when you're busy with helping a a whole shitload of people, right?
0: I do, I know that. And that's part of like this journey. So going back to the question as well, like in addition to that, is like it's, it's understanding your self-love or my self-love practice has started to really, um, I've paid a lot of attention. I've journaled a lot about it. I've sort of mapped it out almost like a roadmap. Um, and there's parts of it where I had to choose what do I want to take responsibility for in this situation? Who is the priority here? What are my actual priorities and how, um, and how, Am I going to create boundaries around that? And D, like, I like, I, I'm i going to quote Mark Groves. I do him, I quote him often mm-hmm. is, um, I'm, how do I delineate myself from the people in my life? And it has nothing to do with the fact that if I love or don't no, love those people, it has, nothing, people, to it has nothing to do with love. Right. It has to do with creating a space where I can be the priority mm-hmm. and where, I can fill my own cup. Because mm. once we start giving away our power and we start giving that too much, once we go over what we have, like, man, you can get into some serious trouble there. And, yes. and, and, and that's where, like, our justification and our denial systems really kick in. And we believe that we are doing, that we believe that what we are doing for others is of just cause. It's almost like modern day martyrdom. But really...
1: We're abandoning ourselves. Yes. Well, because you, you just wake up my, one morning and, and say, What the hell is going on? Right? That's well, what happens. Yeah. Because it, it, to many, I'm, I'm sure it happens to men too, although the thinking of men is a little bit different. And um, I know that for my own self, I've, I've gone through so many generations of, of different things, of the yeah. world being so different, sure, yeah. that it's, it's pretty phenomenal the way it is now for women like look at what's happening black lives matter women's yeah. lives matter gay mm-hmm. lives matter everybody's life matters and it's true we mm-hmm. all matter mm-hmm. in the sense that it's time to be together and figure out who we are and what we want and how to be happy mm-hmm. and let everyone else be happy too like it's definitely
0: interesting the like your programming if you will, on how, how women should be. Well, sure. But remember, I'm different. in the middle,
1: I'm in the middle generation because I have children and grandchildren mm-hmm. like you and the grandkids, but I also am still taking care of my mother. So mm-hmm. I'm still in that, like, like in that role of, 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 uh, what, of, of care. And I, I work in care. So I work in care. I care for my family. I care for my animals. <laughs> like it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a constant thing
0: but don't you do is there any space in there for the belief that
1: this is you're choosing to do this absolutely okay yeah, all of it is choosing of course yes yeah absolutely yeah
0: but i guess my point is like okay so my grandmother we call her Bopcha because we're polish um Bapja, she lives with you yes. um her idea of what her her beliefs and her training her conditioning or whatever you want to call it growing up when when was she born 1933 okay so in the 30s and 40s how she was taught to be a woman is very different than your grandkids or my niece my nieces who are born in the 2010s of course yeah like that's what I'm referring to so it is very interesting now are the role of men changing yes yes but it's not as progressive like I think it's pretty
1: progressive
0: of men yeah yeah I, I believe men were trained the same way up until about maybe 10 years oh, ago. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But I just
1: the world when I was young, when I was your age, the world was completely different. Yeah. Like in the workplace, uh, women were objects. Yeah. There were not women in power, very few.
0: Oh yes, a hundred percent. And but that's the thing, like you growing up, like men were always kind
1: of like the patriarchy of yes. of men. women women were were to be looked at and loved like and adored, yes. but they were to be home uh, with kids, or if they do did have a career, it'd be like a nurse or. a secretary or whatever there were a lot of women that went out and did and became pilots and did but it was not the norm not the norm to be a woman judge or you know of course of a, course it, that's how I grew up now a woman can do anything
0: absolutely yeah. and that I know so it's yeah. very interesting how like the generations of women and our roles and responsibilities have progressively evolved that's yes, what I'm saying yes for the better by far well I mean it's it's definitely for something yeah, or something. <laughs> I don't want to like slap a <laughs> label on it because like we're in this thing and it's this like crazy moving lots of moving parts and I yeah it's intense I actually okay I'm going to go on an aside here because wow this has been a really
1: long answer to question one <laughs> Man, we, we're only doing one question for this interview we're done <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so this was like a I want to know your opinion on, on this okay um so Um, a friend of mine who who is an excellent photographer and she does, she kind of specializes in boudoir uh, Mm -hmm. photos and which is, I love that. I love um, art. I love expressing the female body. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I've done some photo shoots of boudoir. I've actually posted, you know, half naked pictures on my own Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think that there's um, a lot of, empowerment and um vulnerability in and and also teaching opportunity when it comes to the body the female body and the male body however one of the things that kind of has hooked me in the last little bit is um because this particular person her messages are all about empowering
1: okay
0: however her her like um um Collection of photos has turned into a little bit more of the soft core porn. That's kind of where I would put it. Okay. It's not, yes, it's artistic. However, I find it really interesting when women fall into those older belief systems because no matter, like, yes, this is how she believes that posting these things and being this person is empowering to her. However, I just I find the line so blurry because to me it's creating the illusion that women are sex objects and that they are just objects like you said. Yes. It's going back into that old school mentality and being like, "Yes, I'm sexy and I want to embrace my own sexiness." But then like, what else is there? What else is about you? Great, you're sexy. But, like, you're probably really smart, and you're probably really athletic, and you're probably good at a lot of things. Like, when... Do you know what I'm saying yep, like that? Yeah. I just find it interesting when women... I find
1: it a huge... Uh, almost... Se- se- because that's... We've been marketed that forever. I know. Forever. Like, look at the uh, Victoria's Secret, for example. Those models. They're yeah. angels. Like, with the wings and all that stuff. <clears throat> Super sexy. That's, that's what... And that's all, who, who, who did that? Who designed that? Is it men? <clears throat> or do women I, like to be like that too? I think, it's, yeah, that's a good question. Like, yeah, they do. Women do like to feel sexy. Absolutely. And that's the
0: empowerment part. That, yes. That's the piece that I don't want to leave out of this conversation is like, I think it's really important. But for, why does there
1: have to be a line? Like in what? A, of the line between it being empowering, empowering or pornographic because like, you're saying that she, she her line has
0: changed like she I guess her art artistic vision has crossed my line okay into a more porn and I find it to be offensive I I don't know if the offensive is the right word it's not offensive it's it very uninteresting you. yes it makes me uncomfortable it makes me not follow her anymore okay i don't want to look at her content because it is not empowering anymore but that's
1: art though isn't it
0: if it makes you feel a certain way that's the whole point of art absolutely <laughs> however when you're a female empowering like this female movement and like even if you want to look at like that american i don't want to get into politics here but we're going to do it the the judge the yes, american judge died. yeah um no, no 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 the new one oh the, the new one, one that's coming yeah, in yeah, yeah
1: yeah what's her name do you remember i don't
0: know her name we're we Canadian, so yeah, I, Canadian. I, I, we, we, get, we get the <laughs> sorry, your calls year. notes. <laughs> um, she's like all of, she has this high pressure, high power uh, job. She's worked really hard in her life to get to where she is. However, she like is not she's anti feminist. Yes, so she like is That's not right. on the side of women, which I find super interesting yeah. as well. Now I'm not comparing. Well, I am comparing these two beliefs. It's like so. I guess in the form of art, what this person's doing is great. Right. In the form of, like, context of, uh, in the form of context, as in this type of thing empowers women, Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that. That's where my line is. I don't believe that women should be portrayed as sex objects only. Okay, Right. Do you see? That's where my line is, so that's why it's crossed my line. And, like, with this... New judge person that's coming in, my my I'm not going to support her because she doesn't support. She crosses my line as well. It's the same kind of thing whether you're whether it's artistic
1: or life choices or whatever. We all have our boundary, right? I know boundaries are good. (laughs) I don't even know. I I to me I've uh, I've been as you know you are. It's kind of cool to have a daughter that's your mentor. I know you've learned a lot from me, yes, but I have learned an equal or, or more or a larger amount from you um, because you are extremely brilliant. Oh wow! And keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> I like this. And you're on the. I really believe you're on the right track. You're on the right track um, with to help help a lot of people because we are all in this sort of quandary of 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 um stuff spinning around us and we're flying off and we don't know where we are or what we need or what we want we don't we know the more you know the less you know you know it's that, yeah, yeah. that kind of situation and uh, you're in a position I think to help a lot of people including myself mm-hmm. and and you're in the process yourself because it, it, the the more together we are the better off we all are I think in the long run. So I think you're really on the right track. It's
0: all about the awareness practice. It really is. It's all about agree with
1: you. It's it's
0: about figuring out the answers to these questions on your own, like your own answers, instead of like and and creating boundaries and what information is working for you and what things out there visually are working for you and what aren't. That's like
1: the gist of it, I guess. But yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do question number two. We're doing great. Yeah. Okay. I have a list of 400 questions, so I hope you guys are prepared to devote an entire day to this project. No. Okay. What is your dream day?
0: Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So, I don't really know. I mean, I've lived quite a few dream days over the last, like, few years. Um, Yeah, pretty much every day is a dream day for you. (laughs) I asked this question...
1: Oh, yeah, excuse me. I got up and I went and climbed a mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, I was asked this question um, in a coaching uh, course that I took, I want to say like in 2000 and I don't know 10 maybe like 10 years ago and it was and then again like a lot of a lot of uh, leadership courses and coaching courses they kind of ask you similar styles of questions and one of them was I, I actually mapped out what I wanted my day to look like like just kind of in general and at first I actually didn't know like how when you think of your dream day you probably think about some sort of like escape or some sort of like not what you're doing right now. <laughs> like anything but what you're doing right now. Or having someone take care of you. Why or not make some... every
1: day a dream day? Wouldn't that be a good project?
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. So yeah. like, it's a really, it's a really cool question because like you can make it super, like very superficial
1: mm-hmm.
0: or you can actually make it like practical
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> or you can make it like a goal setting type of quest and so one of my one the first thing that I actually put on my dream day and I've talked about this before is I wanted to be in a job or a position in my life where I woke up in the morning and I didn't have to rush out to go to work Mm -hmm. where I could sit and drink coffee in my PJs and have time for myself to drink coffee. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How interesting is that? And that was That was one of the things that I always wanted. And when I was an athlete and when I was coaching, like we were traveling all over the world and our we were always like time zone deprived, like
1: meaning like messed up. Yes. uh, Jet You always had to be in a car at 6 a.m. You always had
0: to be in a car at 6 a.m. and We were outside in the cold and we had to get up and like be on the hill for 7.30 and like be working out and all of these things. I never, which is great. It's fine. But I always wanted to just, not do that. That's <laughs> why like, everyone looks
1: forward to weekends.
0: <laughs> yeah, where you can just be in your PJs if you want. Right. So that was one of my one of my stipulations. And then it kind of veered off to that I wanted to work for myself. I didn't want to be someone I didn't want to have to be responsible or accountable to someone in a job that I didn't love. So that's where my entrepreneurial brain started to come into play. And then um, I actually back then, I think another one was someone cook for me. I don't know. I had a bunch of stuff for the most part. I will say that from the point where I really designed my day till about five or six years later, I actually put myself in a position to achieve all of those things. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. And so that being said, like my, my dream day now, it has evolved a little bit like when it comes to like dream is it like my fantasy is my fantasy yeah, dream think, is to be in bali like somewhere yeah, so warm, say you had a dream month in i bali. did i had a dream month in bali every single day was just yeah, like a, a dream gift day. yeah and i did bring that back into my life now and i was like i had a lot of gratitude and i felt as though you know every you day you can is recreate
1: a that same feeling every day in your own life here in ottawa in the freezing cold too you know that
0: Oh yes, for sure. It's absolutely. However, in Ottawa, it's different because uh, I have friends and family. When I was yes. in Bali, I was completely by myself and I literally was accountable to nobody. Like yes. zero people. I right. could literally do whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. That's why I was kind of like the dream in a lot of senses, but Is it if a, you would get tired
1: of that over time? I think if maybe, that was your normal every day. I don't know, man. Family's important, man, especially your mother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I think, wow, man, these questions that we're answering, I'm answering them so long. Yeah. Uh, dream day is to, okay, now I love getting up, having my coffee, going for a run, eating awesome food, you know, laughing, listening to podcasts. I love watching really good shows on Netflix. I'm not going to lie. I love like, you know, hanging out with my family and friends and it's just kind of basic. Like my dream day is kind of basic. I Perfect. like the consistency and I like routine. So anything that has those two things.
1: All right. How long did it take you to get a divorce? And oh yeah, follow-up, was the decision hard?
0: Okay. So we're moving into a very different category of discussion. Yeah, we here. went from dream day to
1: nightmare. <laughs> nightmare life. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. I think so, a lot of people are in our suffering this like if you're suffering in people out there if you're suffering in a relationship <laughs> that you are not happy in you have to figure out what it is about it you don't like and decide if you want to get in or out that's my <laughs> advice but anyway go
0: It's good advice. I mean for me, like I was unhappy, but I had that belief system that I "till death do us part." I yes. really
1: believed that you were, you, I made I a I remember you going back and forth and back and oh. forth and back and forth, and it was very difficult to make the decision. Yes.
0: Yes. So, however, um, it, it, like there's some gray area here, but I pretty much knew I shouldn't get married. The day I got married, I pff, walked down the aisle knowing that this was a mistake. How interesting is that? I. I chalked it up to having cold feet and then there was this whole story about everyone has cold feet and I'm like, really? Because maybe cold feet is a sign that you shouldn't be getting married. I did not have cold feet. Either marriage. <laughs> Either time you got married? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, there you go. Some people have it. Some people don't. And yeah. I would like to know a statistic of people that had cold feet on their wedding One day. day. Are thought... they still married? Or how long did they stay married
1: for? Good point. Very good point.
0: Because a lot of people have it. And it's like, oh my God. It's a massive intuition warning. It's Absolutely. a big red flag. And it's, it's a like red flag. something that I would now pay attention to. Yes. Like... It's okay to be nervous to make a big decision, but like the the feeling that I had, and and, and big decisions I mean are life changing and and making big commitments. Yes, it's it's nerve wracking, but like there is a healthy way to feel nerves, and there is a very unhealthy way. And having the awareness in your own body to distinguish the difference between those two is like it takes a lot of work. Like that's yes. that's a big that's a big job there, but. I think most of us know deep down whether there's healthy, nervous, and then there's like unhealthy red flag. Yeah. Like (laughs) do not go into that dark alley. Do not say yes to this date. Do not get married. Yes. (laughs) Anyhow. So, um, basically within the first two weeks after I was married, I wanted a divorce and I was married for exactly one year. So it took me a year to like the, the, to answer that question shortly. It took me about a a year. Uh, and was it hard? Yeah, it was friggin' hard because again, I was pretending to be something that I wasn't. You had had
1: to give up everything. You had the house, you had everything, the house, the the neighbors, the barbecues, the the dog. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We didn't have kids, but we did, we definitely had accumulated quite a bit. I mean, I was with my ex-husband for five years, so it wasn't just like, like a fling. It was like a, a, it was a, it was a solid relationship. I mean, it was hard, uh, but there, but again, choose your heart. And yes. again... Um,
1: choose your heart. So uh, I love that. I think we're going to have to make that our motto. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's so hard. Well, choose your heart. Yeah, well, it is
0: hard. It's always yes, hard. Yes, of course. Um, it's like... It, it, it's like... Is it worth it <laughs> <laughs> for me to, to... Like, where... I don't know. I don't really know how to say... I guess the bottom line is... Yeah, it was hard. But every day... I, that I was getting closer to the, I'm out leaving by, um, was, um, so worth it in the mm-hmm. moment. I didn't know it, but it really only took me, it took me it less than a year to
1: get over. It no, was less right.
0: than a year before I was like, Oh my Hallelujah, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'm a new woman. Like it really sucked for a while, but then it was like,
1: well, because a day. because it's a wound, right? You have to heal from it. It's a, yeah, sure. And you yeah. have to get new,
0: like there's, there's a lot of moving parts in a divorce and everyone's Huge. relationships are different, but you know, there's like that comfort and routine and you always have someone to call and you're whatever, like yeah. everyone has their own things that they love about a relationship and that they don't love. Did I have things that I loved in my marriage? I did. I did love some stuff. Uh, did I hate more than I loved? Absolutely. Was, was... I'm treating myself with respect in my marriage. No, I wasn't. No. Was I able to stand up and be my own woman? No, I no. wasn't. Did the relationship, like, could I have worked on that in the relationship? Yes, I yes. could have.
1: Yes.
0: However, the, the bottom line was that I was not only um, treating myself with disrespect, but I was also being treated with disrespect exactly. and there was too much abuse to like, I, 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 under, I started to see my own worth basically. And yeah, you it, had to get out there. The, the day that I made the decision was an easy. The decision was actually very easy yes. to get to that point was very hard.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think in order to make any relationship work worth it, work it has there has to be mutual respect and it has to be actual respect Mm -hmm. like i respect this person i honor this person Mm -hmm. i honor myself Mm -hmm. and if both are saying that all the time then you you will have you will go through everything as a team as opposed to one being powerful over another and putting another one down the other one down
0: i like that word a lot respect i like a lot because like throughout a marriage or a relationship of any kind, like even think about like if you have siblings, like I hated my brother some days. Like I hated my sister. We would fight. Oh my God. I have no memories of that. Well, think
1: about your brother's. How many times did you fight with them? I never fought with my brother. I'm not that kind of person. Oh, okay. But my brother did try to murder me many <laughs> times. <laughs> okay. He just he, he didn't like me. So he would he would attack me, beat me up. All, he was he would always beat me up. Yeah, it was awful. And he would bite yeah. me, would That's kick terrible. me. Mother. Yeah, it was awful. He punched me in the back. It was awful. Okay, so I guess what I'm saying is like you still love them
0: or respect them as your brother to a certain level. Like we throughout our relationships We, we fall in and out of love, but if you can land on respect, that's where uh, I believe a relationship will keep going. Once you lose the respect aspect, then the relationship's over. It's not the love aspect. It's the respect
1: aspect. What is love though? Well, yeah, as you know, my, my, my love is an action word. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Love is like a, there are only acts of love. You can't like love is not a word, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not a word. It's not a f- even a feeling. It's um, it's love is cooking breakfast for somebody. Love is love is. If that's what that
0: person wants,
1: like truth. that's a yeah. thing. Like yeah. if love is a lot of things. Yes. Okay. That could be a whole new pod. Let's do a love podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. You're I don't right. know. I just I I oftentimes
0: just go back to that respect piece because yes. like,
1: yeah. Okay, uh, another question. Something that has come up in my thoughts. Um, how do you deal with resentment? Resentment in like what context? Like that's almost like a hook, right? Like why? Like why do people resent certain things? For example, um, if, uh, I think that um, resentment is almost why um, all things go wrong in relationships in a sense.
0: I don't know. Resentment to me stems from the inability to respect yourself and create boundaries and show up for yourself Mm -hmm. because once, like a lot of people believe, for example, that, I don't know, let's use that love for example, that, um, cooking breakfast or massaging someone or having sex with them is, an act of love it is to me however if those types of things go if those types of things go against your wants and desires or values let's just say and you do them anyways for the sake of someone else what you're doing is you're giving yourself away for that and that's where resentment lives in the giving away of yourself in the abandonment of your truth
1: and what works for you right so. But what I I, one of the, I guess the reason I'm asking that question is because I think that the underlying cause of a lot of misery is resentment. For mm-hmm. example, if you have to clean a, a toilet, like toilet cleaning to me is sort of the, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's the ultimate barometer. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. It laughs> exactly. When I was a younger woman, every single time I cleaned a toilet, I was resentful. Mm-hmm. because i would say i'd be cleaning the toilet and say i mm-hmm. hate doing this and it it it, cre- it actually created emotion inside of course yeah <laughs> because i really hated it and so maybe it's part of the aging process i don't know but i am in a stage in my life now i look at the toilet and go oh the toilet needs to be cleaned and i clean it. it's like the resentment why is the resentment gone and that you can you can extrapolate that into anything Mm-hmm. because if you do if you're doing a function or being with somebody or, and you're resenting it it causes that's what causes that emotion inside of you of not wanting to do something Yeah. Well, I think like in in
0: scenario 1 where you were resenting it you felt like you were doing it for someone else no, like someone else's no.
1: I hated doing then it then why did you do it? Because it needed to be done. Well, I think that like you can't not you can't leave your toilet and not clean it. It well, you, you can done. actually. Well, you can, but then you have to. Oh, that's pretty too gross It's not hygienic. It's not healthy. It well, has to be done. Fine, but you're choosing. You're still making
0: the choice. So, see like,
1: how wise you are. You just screw up my whole story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're you're talking about resentment, and resentment really
1: stems from uh, that. Was just an example I know. of the type of resentment that I used to carry totally because or or keeping score is another one like with couples Mm -hmm. oh I did this I oh I'm the one that always does this why doesn't he do this so there's just no
0: there's no boundaries there there's no there's no there's no understanding or taking responsibility for who you are you're like in those circumstances people feel like they're Doing these acts of love for someone else, but really, what they're doing is they're abandoning themselves for someone else. They're not standing in their truth. So, if, for example, I hate cooking, mm-hmm. or I don't. I hate. I'm a person that hates cleaning the toilet. I know you do. I do not clean the toilet. But and so my yeah, so solution, I always had
1: to clean the toilet when you lived with me. See? I know. Thank you. Yeah, Act of love. You yeah, but no, I, I didn't resent it at all. Okay, well, because I was older, and, I, I just think it's an age thing. Maybe it's an age thing,
0: and however, maybe it's also a. You're doing it for yourself. Thing it's
1: become something you actually value, to some it, degree. It's it's just something that needs to be done. It's, it's like I used to hate when I whatever job I had, I hated going to work, and and uh, every morning I'd get up and I'd feel nauseous. I'd hate it. Yeah, but you kept doing it. But I I kept doing it because I needed the paycheck. Sure. Well, so lots of people during that. I, I know. It's okay. A lot of people.
0: So you're like. Going to work, feeling that you're going to but work it's, for someone else. Is,
1: it, all it is, it's a switch. It's a switch. It is the second that you switch that switch off. You can go to work and love your job. It's just, an, it's just a decision. Well, it's a,
0: it's a perspective switch for sure, but it's also creating boundaries around what you value and who, how you want to fill your own cup. Because resentment happens when you ab- self abandon. Yes. So if you feel like the action you're doing. Is for someone else. And you hate doing it. Like when you're doing something for yourself, you very rarely hate doing it. Yeah, some days feel better than other days. Right. Like for me, I don't clean toilets. Yeah. So my solution isn't to make you clean the toilet, even though I've asked you to. My solution somebody is, has to do it. Yeah, so I pay them money. No, but that's, so that
1: person has to do it. Yeah, but
0: they're getting paid. That's their job. That's their choice. Right. So I hate cleaning toilets so much hello I'm Miss impressive freaking queen Princess. over here <laughs> but I hire someone to do it have I cleaned my toilet absolutely I have cleaned my toilet I will do it do I resent it eh. I just I don't like doing it and so I've but that's also that's my issue that's not your issue
1: right
0: like I have to deal with that space you don't you know have to what do it
1: just brought that just brought a memory back for me oh god It's because I think my mother never cleaned a toilet in her life. Oh, there you go. Like grandmother, like granddaughter. (laughs) My dad was the one that always cleaned the toilets. And he would do such an incredible job. He'd get on his hands and knees with rubber gloves and he'd get in there and oh my God. Well, thank goodness Michael cleans toilets because...
0: I, I told him, I am not. I will hire a cleaning lady. And he's like, no. And he'll just do
1: it. This and podcast is going down the toilet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this podcast is going down the toilet.
1: Oh my God. Okay, let's move on. Okay. What does the world... Sorry. That's a, that's a rewind. What does the world need more of?
0: Oh, this is a good question. This is kind of an Oprah Winfrey question. Um, she asks this at the end of her podcast or something similar to it, I think. Um, ooh, the world needs more the world needs needs more empathy
1: mm, yeah, very
0: good or and and or
1: understanding
0: compassion compassion
1: yeah yeah, and yeah, get get off your high horse and help the little guy <laughs> well, see, that's also not really empathetic either no, that's I not right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think just to be able to sit and feel what someone else, someone else is suffering a little bit
1: is, yeah, yeah, whatever. means, i.e. do not be a narcissist.
0: Well, yeah, (laughs) I mean, do not a lot of things, but we are who we are, I guess. If we can just have, make a little bit more room to, yeah, empathize with suffering and with people's situations and... I like to actually, uh, the the sentence or phrase or words that are coming to my mind more often these days is just to, uh, and I, we, we talked about this before the show, um, to hold space for the idea that we are wrong Mm. and how that feels in the body
1: Mm.
0: to hold space for the idea that what we know and how we act and how we behave to other people is wrong. Mm. You know, it might not be wrong for everybody, but it will be wrong for someone. And how can you hold that? How do you hold space for that? How, where's the respect? How can you respect that thought? Mm. Yeah.
1: I like that. Of course, I'm never wrong, but... (laughs) (laughs) Never. You're never wrong. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Oh my God. Yeah. Do you have any regrets? Um... Yeah, well like if you I don't could do, if you could do it all over again I think that was a question it, no, 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 yeah I'm it good. is this is the question yeah, yeah. What, what would you do differently I mean I did would I do, already ask this today no I don't think so
0: no I w- honestly a lot of people say cliche shit like I wouldn't I would do it all the same because I've learned so much and I've become the woman I am today and you know what there's a lot of truth to that and I that does resonate with me when people say that but like Honestly, if I could do it all over again, I would do it way, way fucking differently. Sorry, I just threw an F-bomb out there. Mm. It would be so different. Mm. It would be so different. because you're so
1: wise now. It would be... But that's all part of the process. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't have done a lot of the things that I chose to do because I was so on this path that this is the way my life needs to be. This is how a woman's supposed to behave. And like, you know, Yeah. I would Mm -hmm. do things a lot differently. I Mm -hmm. would have maybe had different hardships and I know I would have run into a lot of adversity. I do it now. Like, it's funny because, yeah, I do a lot of uh, awareness work and practices. And my whole life is basically to learn more and to understand that I actually know very little. Mm -hmm. And to open my mind to the idea that everything that I know is bullshit. Mm -hmm. And which is hard because I identify with so many things. So it makes me feel kind of lost sometimes. It makes me feel very unsure. It makes me very emotional. Like over COVID, everyone has had that sense of loss and that grieving and that, uh, you know, that shift in their lives.
1: Lack of control.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, yes, I do a lot of this work, but it doesn't put me above adversity. I don't put myself above anybody else here. It doesn't mean that I don't feel and that I don't have hard days. Yes, of it, course. It and that's where some people that's get the confused. Human yes. People get confused there and like on social media they bully me and they say really mean things and it doesn't mean that I have this like filter saying that like, like their words aren't going to affect me. Right. Like, I still go through the process that everyone else feels. I'm not above it, even though I do this work.
1: Does yes. that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Social media is in... in yeah, let me... let. I want to hear your views on social media. Okay. I, I, that's, a, that's sort of a, a great little window because I... For me, there's always a lot of pros and cons. Yeah. What I love is that you can hook up with like-minded people mm-hmm. you can uh, learn a lot no question we are in the information age beyond the beyond <laughs> that i ever could have imagined Yeah, it's like basically a direct IV. but what is it about people that that they have to be like why what is it about uh people in social media that that they feel that it allows them to Not just like you can have an opinion, but why put, why be so demeaning and so mean? Like you say, mean is a good, me be a mean girl. Why, why is that? Why does that come out in social media? Like, why can't we be all uplifting each other?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, there's a lot of factors there. Like I would start with belief systems and conditioning. Like we, we learn what's, what, what is right and what is wrong from a very young age? So some people really believe that it's okay to say some of these things. Well, that it's but it's think like
1: how harmful it is. Like you, I you, know, but you as a grown woman are affected if somebody says something mm-hmm. or somebody if somebody's mean to you on social media. And they, these young girls, young boys, who oh are I know growing it's horrendous. It. It's it's fr- It is frightening. It's a frightening, frightening
0: thing. It is horrendous. But there's also like a lot like. There's a there, this is a big
1: subject. It's a big conversation. It's a big conversation. However, like, do a a podcast on that.
0: Yeah, seriously. I mean, like, if you are the type of person that is going to make a mean comment, Mm -hmm. you are most likely a wounded person who needs to put someone down to make you feel better, who feels superior. And mean comments and bringing other people to your level actually gives the conscious mind and the subconscious mind the idea that they're better than you to be right. Like when people make mean comments, they want to feel seen. They want to feel right. They want to trigger you. They want emotional response. They like, because this is how they've uh, grown up in the world too. It works. Yeah, I know. So like the people that like are those people Hmm. it's even, okay, here's the thing. I have probably triggered people with my comments uh, where I'm saying things that I believe to be true to me. Right. Okay, so think about how you comment or how you write captions or how you speak to people online. Mm-hmm. You're coming from your perspective, your point of view. Mm-hmm. It could be exact opposite or you say something that you don't totally mean or you generalize and you trigger someone else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, for example, uh, like I triggered a lot of people with that reel of how I'm 39 years old and I don't have kids. Yes. A lot of people. Yes. I was I had comments on there saying it looks like I've already pushed out four kids. Mm-hmm. Like referencing my body, saying that I'm not a woman, saying that uh like I don't know, it, the, the range was was quite vast. Most of it was um talking about my body and how I was fat and or this one person was like really triggered about the way I dressed, saying you're 39 years old, you're dressing like a slut, um things like that. And I was like I had to, I have to draw a line there. Yeah. So yes, these are triggering comments. Yes. I, but I had to go into my work and into my space of me and draw that line around me and delineate myself from them.
1: Yes. They it has ha- nothing to do with, it you. has
0: nothing to do with me. Yes. This is their, this is a reflection. What people say is a reflection of their own belief systems. Yes. So, and that's that. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get triggered or that I'm not going to get triggered because it does. But what I've, what this work has allowed me to do was to bring my awareness to the, oh, there it is. I'm triggered. Why am I triggered? How, how can I respond now? How can I put space between myself, excuse me, how can I put space between myself and this person's perspective, which I don't agree with, take pause and now I get to choose my
1: response. Right. Okay, so the the children thing, which I'm glad you brought that up, that is one of one of uh, the questions. I think are we you have enough gonna... time for a couple more questions. Okay. Yeah. Are you ever... I, I just want to say, are you ever going to have, uh, have kids? I want to say something publicly here, All right. um, because it's something that has stayed in my mind for quite a few years, and I don't know if you remember this exact conversation because it was with, I had it with you. Okay. <laughs> Um, When you were younger, you might have been 30 years old, 31. I don't even know when it was. You were definitely younger, but um, your sister had already had Rowan. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to you saying about how having children is the most wonderful thing that can ever happen to a person because that's my belief system. I I I fully remember this conversation. You know what I'm talking about. It struck me very deeply. Okay. Yes. Yes. So I remember saying to you something in the line of, you're not really going to know what it's like to to have meaning in life unless you have a child. Yes. Okay. I said something like that to you. Yeah. And that stemmed from the fact that from the time I was like... Three, I wanted children. Like I knew yeah. that I want yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wanted children. Yeah. And I, the day that you guys were born, there's a feeling that you get. It, it's and it's. I think it's it's visceral that comes from. It's programmed in our DNA. Like like you just like when you take, family. Even if if even if you have the crappiest family, there's a difference between family and and other people. Like you have that feeling, of when someone's in your family. It's uh, like, it's, uh, I think it's just a natural protectiveness, even if they're crappy. Yeah. Anyone
0: that is in your tribe or that's the wrong word to use, but
1: the, like even my dogs or my
0: pets or my whatever,
1: like, yeah. So I remember telling you that, that you will not feel like a whole person unless you have um, a baby. Yes. Okay. And, or, or that, and so you actually said to me, so mom, does that mean that I have no worth because if I don't have to what if I never have children well does that mean I have no worth as a woman yes so what are your thoughts on that <laughs> if you recall that conversation <laughs> well that was which I part. totally regret by the way because you you were very te- you, you it upset and you didn't say you didn't respond to me until the next day or a couple days later you said something in the line of does this does if I don't have children does that mean I have no self-worth
0: do you remember what your response
1: to that was I it I was shocked because I, I, I immediately regretted saying those words to you. Because it has anything we do in our lives has nothing. And the interesting thing about children is it's a very, very small piece of someone's life. You're a young person dependent on your parents for 16 years, and after that, you become your own self, mm-hmm. right? So if a person lives 90 years, they only lived with children for 16 or 20, they live 70 without so I know but it's still that
0: seed that says I spawned I, I did, I did yes, this yes. and that means that I've done my job as a woman yes or whatever yes like yes. yeah they're not in your life direct contact nurture like that mothering however a lot of women mother their kids forever they yes. don't transition into that like two adults um role yes there's always that I'm your mother and you have to listen to me and I know better than you and those types of things. But I don't know, like that conversation was impactful for me because, um, I had wanted kids for a long time. It was very recent after I got divorced, I was in a weird relationship, which I do not speak of with a man for five years at that time. And we were struggling and I was struggling and I, I, my sister had a baby and I was like, uh, I don't know if the word jealous is the right word or envious, but it was kind of like this miraculous, like, it was, she was the first sibling to have a kid. So it was like my first niece and it was just kind of like this, I, my, my sister always wanted to be a mother and she was like finally a mother and I at that point was starting to believe that maybe I wasn't put on this earth to be a mom because I always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to have kids. I always did. Like, I remember thinking to myself when I was competing on team Canada, I remember like finishing my second season or something like that on world cup and thinking, how am I going to have a baby and then come back and keep doing this? I was like, how do I, how do I do that? Um, and then it was like in my early thirties where I decided that, um, I I I think I've talked about this before as well. I did have an egg timer moment. <clears throat> it was a very clear sort of moment where I was having a discussion with my friends and we were talking about kids and all of a sudden it was like, bing, like the timer went off and I was like, I don't need to have kids. I'm okay. I'm, I am good. I, it was almost, yeah, it was very interesting, but to reference back to your our conversation, yeah, that was a hard. I, don't, I wish
1: I remember the exact words that I told the, you. Was, honestly,
0: what you just said was very was it basically it. Okay, and because yeah. Yasha was saying the same yeah. sort of thing, because she was it, saying, because it's "I such
1: an overwhelming. This feeling.
0: I've never felt this love before, yeah. and I've whatever. Yeah, and and that might be true. But, you know, like the love I feel for Michael, I've never felt before. And the love I feel for you is different than the love I feel for, you know, my dog. You know, it's different. So everyone that comes into our life is a different feeling, sort of. And does it make me more or less of a woman?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I totally, yes.
0: And am I going to have kids? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's the question. That's the answer to that question. It's a possibility. It's not off the table. Yes, I have... I did come to a point where I realized that I don't need to have a child to feel fulfilled as a woman. And I, I'm I'm perfectly content living the rest of my days without a child. However, I've also never been in a relationship or a position or, uh, I don't know, a situation where I feel that... I don't want to be a single mom. That's That's yeah. kind of the thing. And yeah, that might happen, but like... I don't want to put myself in a position to be a single mom. Yay, props to all the women out there doing it. It's friggin' hard. I just like, I don't know. Yeah,
1: big props for all single moms and single dads. And single dads, absolutely.
0: And it's not not necessarily like if I have to co-parent with someone that I'm divorced with, like if I have a baby now, it doesn't work out and I'm not with a person, that's fine. I don't want to have 100% of the responsibility. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't mean that like... I wanna co parent with someone. Yeah. That's that's what I would Yeah. 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 Anyways. Okay. So why don't we do one more question and then we're gonna piece out here. Oh my okay. god, we're at an hour, Mother. We've been talking for an hour. So
1: do you wanna end it there? Okay, let's do one more question. Okay, one more question. Last question. Oh, I was having so much fun. Huh? I know. I hope this is like this, to me it sounds like a big rambling. But I don't know. I I have had a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> Of course, you know, I just this, like, this is out what with we do. People. We that's what podcasts are, they're just long rambles. Long rambles. Okay, <laughs> what do you know to be true? Final question What do I know to be true? The truth is that
0: the knowledge I've acquired in my life is not mine. Mm. Yeah, so in other words.
1: You are I not don't your, really your know anything. You <laughs> don't really know
0: anything. Yes. And, uh, th- yeah. So curiosity and questioning everything. Having an ear, right? Have an ear. Have an ear. Well, sometimes, an ear. It's, sometimes it's ear muffs.
1: Oh, oh, so. ear muffs. <laughs> don't don't
0: yes. listen to anything. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah what I know I know nothing anyways thanks mom for coming in here and
1: rambling <laughs> for this rumble that was, was so fun it was really fun thank you for having me and uh, let's do it again next week. I think I think we this really is going to be need, the Elisa. We need to Instagram. talk about social media. I think oh, yeah. that would make yeah. a great podcast. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I'll put it on the docket. We'll okay. get you in. We'll get you in. Right. Okay. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear your feedback. Follow me on Instagram at, at Elisa CurryLowitz or shoot me a DM. Let's talk about all this. Ask more questions. If you haven't done so yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a written review. Follow the show on Spotify and share in your social media. Thank you so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.